Welcome to Travel with Brack Tours, a new podcast series about travelling around Ireland and Scotland. We'll be sharing stories and travel tips about visiting both Scotland and Ireland and hearing some great stories from the team at Brack Tours and many guests. Also find out more on how Brack Tours can make your vacation one you'll never forget. At Brack Tours, we didn't invent travel, we made it fun. Hello, everybody, and you're very welcome to the latest edition of Travel with Brack Tours. And today we are going to speak about a great new initiative in Northern Ireland, and that is to embrace a giant spirit. And we have two very interesting people on, who are friends of ours, who are going to tell us about the experiences that are out there for when you come back to Northern Ireland, and we welcome you. And uh, first is Mary McGee, and Mary will be talking really about um, the experiences that have developed in a lesser known part of the country in Mid-Ulster. Uh, but firstly, we're going to go to a good friend of ours, and that is Emer Flanagan from Away A Wee Walk. Hello, Emer, and thanks for joining us. Not at all, Colin. Thanks very much for having me. It's great. It's great to see you again, so it is, but uh, specifically, we'll hopefully we'll see each other uh, beside each other very soon. Virtually is the way we're doing things at the moment, but it's looking very, very promising. Uh, so it is, and I'm sure you're looking forward to getting back out again. Oh, I can't wait. Like I've used um, the last year, I've really enhanced my repertoire of walks. So I've got out and I've brought my mobile phone with me and I've upped my social media, but I can't wait to have guests I know, again. There's not, nothing plans. better than getting out and having the, the guests with you and really you know, giving them that big experience, isn't it? So, Emer, just so people know, so you, your company's Away A We Walk uh, and you specialise really, I suppose, on the Antrim coast and on that particular area and the glens of Antrim. But uh, your inspiration for doing all this starts so way back, isn't it? So you worked in the family business. You're a Belfast girl, isn't that correct? 100%. Um, I worked, I had lived in Dubai um, and I came home in 2006. My dad, um, he's well known in art circles in Ireland, Michael Flanagan, um, and he, the Emer Gallery actually. So he'd been in antiques and auctions and art all his days. And um, I thought I was taking on his business. Um, but art really took off. It was just before the, the big recession in 2008. So we had okay. two great years of selling Irish art. Um, and I loved working with my dad. And I discovered at that stage, I had his entrepreneurialism. I'd never discovered that before. I loved working with him, but I felt self-employed. Um, uh-huh. You know, he gave me en- enough um leeway to just kind of run the gallery side of things for him and of course it was too good he didn't retire you know it was it was the worst time in the world to leave the art game he'd worked hard at it's it hard to years. let go of something and <laughs> um, you know so it uh, obviously 2008 hit hard it probably was 2009 before it really started to impact the business because there had been so much cash in art and um, we rolled on for quite a long time before it really started to impact us. Um, but that was a big one for buying the stock. So we would have bought a lot of art, which was no longer worth what he paid for it. Like okay. Never climb out of, up from under it. But we... Um, we carried on and um, I had always wanted to walk the Camino in Spain. I had no idea why, but I'd heard of it, this long walk. And, you know, I hadn't necessarily been big into um, hiking or anything like that. I suppose I learned an appreciation for the greenery of Ireland when I lived in the desert in Dubai. And when I came I home, you did. <laughs> Especially I'd, out I'd, there. 
<laughs> and it's still, you know, you know, I kind of recommend all Irish people leave Ireland for a while and, you know, to come back and then appreciate what we've got. Like, I remember being impressed with the green weed area just outside the airport of Belfast City <laughs> and driving around the outer ring, something I'd done all my life. And it was the most verdant thing in the world. I was like, oh, look at all these trees. Um so that was a lovely thing. But um, I left the gallery then in 2012 mm-hmm. um, and I had a wee bit of redundancy and I ran off and I walked um, across Spain and I thought I'd keep a blog. I'd never kept a blog. And, you know, our tendency in our speech here to exaggerate everything and, you know, to go away, we walk, not necessarily we about any walks that I do. Um, but I thought that there was a good play in our humour because I was doing a 500 mile walk. So it was absolutely nothing we. There's nothing we about it. it definitely. Not, <laughs> not a mission. So I and the the lovely irony because the concept for my eventual business, which I do now, um, didn't come to me for a long time after the Camino. But here was okay. me a day after leaving my parents' business, um, and I set up this blog and I called it Away We Walk. And like I love that story now because I look back at that. I mm-hmm. named my future business. That's what I was going to say. I look what I was growing into now. <laughs> It was extraordinary and it wasn't like I walked May and June of 2012 and I didn't have the idea for a way we walk in its the form that it took on and bringing people walking in Ireland until the following March. But it was really when you come back, wasn't it? And that you were walking around the city and you seen all these buses and the vibe and everything going around. And I suppose that light bulb went again. Completely. And it was such a light bulb moment because I had, um, as I said, lived in Dubai from 2001 to 2006. And I grew up in Belfast through the troubles in the 70s and the mm-hmm. 80s. Tourists were not a thing that existed. You know, friends Definitely and family not. visited, but people didn't come here on holiday. If, tour, on, you know, if, you, if you've seen somebody like that, you think they were lost. <laughs> you think they were lost. And one of my favourite photos, I must try and find it online, is of a British soldier standing outside a tourist information office with his gun, you know, <laughs> taken in the 70s. You thought, oh, goodness That'd me, that's a classic a job. <laughs> <laughs> Who's doing tourism in this environment? So, you know, it just wasn't on the scene here. I, I did a degree in Irish history, but that was more just out of a personal interest. Um, I didn't foresee my future career at all. Um, and ironically, Dubai took off, um, like most of us wouldn't really heard of Dubai as a tourist destination in the late 90s, but it took off in those early years of the 2000s. And I was working in, in hospitality. It was the first time I was working in tourism. I worked at a, go- a horse and golf racing then. Horse racing and golf venue, and I ended up doing marketing for them. I ended up actually doing a tour. We had a stable tour and breakfast, and you know we showcased the whole facilities. And there was maybe in a tour guide, like I had no notion what was to come. <laughs> but the big thing that struck me in those years, latterly then, was I saw tourism take off. Like there was one night at, at horse racing in Dubai, and I was supervising four different television crews from different travel shows okay. um, from around the world. Like it was that hot that, you know, the idea that anybody would ever four crews on the one night that you're making sure they know where they are and all that sort of stuff. So I'd seen tourism thrive and, and go from you know, not to 60. 
And so here I was, I knew I'd be self-employed. I had an interest in a few different things. Um, but and ironically, I was actually in the very early concept. I was doing talks on the Camino and I had a notion of bringing Irish people to walk in Spain. That was it. And my very original logo is actually inspired by my photos in Spain. Okay, and yeah. um, that that was the very early concept. And you're right. I'm sitting at the bottom of the Falls Road. And what I say is a March, you know, a minging March day, like it's grey <laughs> and wet, low season. Um, and I knew, I knew tourism had been happening, but uh, here, but I was distant from it. Yeah. And I was sitting in traffic and this was at the International Wall um, and I saying a Wednesday morning, middle of the week, middle of So March. the International Wall, just for our listeners, is where there's the murals telling the different stories of, of events that have happened, some here in Ireland, but also internationally, kind of embracing that unity and solidarity, isn't it? And that's really what it's about. Absolutely. Similar political situations around the world. It's uh-huh. incredible. And they still, you know, they update them all the time. Tragic events in Orlando a couple of years ago, like there was a mural painted to that within a couple of days. Yeah. Um, they, so Anna, what struck me, there was at least two coaches and there was five or six of the black taxi tours. And I was like, look at the numbers. If this is the numbers here on today what um, what's like? summer like yeah and that was my light bulb moment i knew that it was we had beautiful walking locations and i also knew whomever was doing mountaineering here that there was nobody in tourism doing that yeah and i was just like what am i doing trying to bring Irish? so you from? you basically started off then doing just a walking tours around belfast and then but that grew and the inspiration grew for i suppose getting out of the city and then the big light bulb moment for you was when a wee, a wee walk come to fruition, particularly with the outdoors and sustainability and sustainable tourism and embracing what we have to the north of, of our province here. And that being, you know, the fantastic lens of Antrim and the North Antrim coast. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, my primary product, the one I'm most um, well known for is uh, the cliff path walk into the Giants Causeway. Now, um, the Giants Causeway for most people, it's not dissimilar to the experience at the Cliffs of Moor. You know, you go to the uh-huh. site, you park near the site, you go to a visitor centre, you walk down and you see in the case of the Cliffs of Moor, you see the fantastic cliffs. cliffs. And in the, the, the Causeway, it's a 15 minute walk down to the stones, which are phenomenal. Like there isn't a million visitors who are interested in geology. I don't believe that for a moment. No. The fascination <laughs> at that site. These rocks look in part man-made and that's what's extraordinary. About them. They're a really unique thing to see. But for anybody who has been to the site, like when you're standing there in the stones and looking east, there's, a, there's some magnificent high cliffs. And that walk I then discovered and knew from years previous was special spectacular and in many ways could stand up alongside the stones and rather than the visit being an hour and a half two hours visitor center stones and back again that those who were a little bit more active and a good raincoat you could spend you know a morning walking along the the cliffs and some of the best view a lot 
in, at the whole UNESCO site is, isn't actually available to those who just do the stones. Um, and I discovered that quite quickly. And um, within a couple of seasons, now my first couple of seasons, it was myself. And then I got a couple of freelance guides because uh-huh. I was kind of supporting my income across um, a number of, uh, of places, but until it was full time. Um, but I was delighted then the National Trust got in touch and they liked what I was doing. I was doing something very, very different and very unique. And I was very honoured when they asked, would I do that on their behalf? And we're now in, I think, season six now, where um, so now two kind of popular options, what I call my public tours, where you can, as part of a day tour from Belfast, be on mm-hmm. a luxury coast, a coach and see the coast drive, you go to the rope bridge, and then you would get to do the hike with us then at the coast. And you miss going to the whiskey distillery, but you can get Bush Mills whiskey you anywhere. You can get that anywhere. <laughs> you can get that anywhere. <laughs> and then the one with the National Trust is really handy because it's for people who are driving around Ireland and who are up at the coast themselves anyway. They don't need the Belfast tour. Yeah, so they can the park up and then hop out on a way a wee walk with yourself and away we walk and thank goodness the whole business grew from there and I do um, multi-day holidays and as you say there's much more it's not just the causeway um, there's the glens of Antrim which you know the poor Cinderella attraction it, like, it I, is really I'm and you know there's the nine glens of Antrim and people kind of I suppose they don't get the real story of the glens because if they come up the coast road, they're just looking over and coming home, they nearly go back maybe the main route down to Belfast or whatever. And they miss actually the beauty and story, I suppose, and the excitement of the glens and what it has to offer. Completely. Like I, you know, we've almost too much, Colm, you know, if you, but between Titanic and all the stuff, there's the same Belfast and then the UNESCO side of the causeway. You know, if we didn't have those, the Glens of Antrim would be our showstopper. It definitely you know? would. And it, it, definitely it, it would. sits there in the shadows and it shouldn't. Um, and, you know, my big passion, so many people t- uh, are coming to Ireland for the scenery and they should. They come for the food and the music and what we call the crack um, as well. But it's the scenery is the big draw. And all too often, the only option available is to pull in at a lay-by, hop out of a vehicle, look at a lovely viewpoint, take a couple of photographs, five minutes later, back in the vehicle. And my passion is all about, for those who are willing to, um, you can either take a photograph of that view or you can spend half a day or a day. Yes, and you know, moving forward, uh, I suppose post-COVID now, For a business like your own and even for ourselves, because, you know, we're into sustainable tourism, but we're also into, like you said, take the time to see the country, you know, and we carefully manage our itineraries that people have that time to see the country, to get a feel of it, to get to embrace it, to experience it, to meet the people, people like yourself who are ambassadors and like, you know, it's a privilege to you and your business uh, in such a short time, really. Uh, you're now one of these giant experiences that Tourism Northern Ireland are, are selling all over the world. You know, and we're delighted that, you know, that you, we're, we're partnered with yourself there through Back Tours. And, and we can't wait to get our clients back that they'll get out of the bus and away to go or spend a couple of days with you up on the Antrim coast around the glens. You know, but going forward, I, I see people will really maybe stop and think and, and embrace what we have here. You know, I always refer to Northern Ireland as the gem 
you know, as the crown of what Ireland has here. Uh, and that's not a pun, by the way. <laughs> but it, it is, it, it's been hidden away for so long because of our past history and our troubles, etc. And it's great to see right around the province now, uh, you touched on the beauty of the glens. Uh, my own area down here, we're down in, in the Mourns area. I live in what's called the Ring of Gullion, you know, and I, I can remember like a story that you just briefly told there. I remember taking um, a, a first busload of, of American tourists into the area and they were staying locally at a hotel here. And there was two guys sitting at the bar and the bar had pies look around and they've looked at them and the system, excuse me, but he used lost, <laughs> you know, them coming into the area. But, you know, the people wanted to come here because the that and what you offer in your walking tours really gets them into what's out there, the nature to experiences, but also, as you said, there the spectacular views it will actually give of the causeway. Another part of your walking tour, which I love, is out to Rathlin Island, mm-hmm. and it's a it's it's a so it's a, it really is a hidden gem. It, and it's so unknown. It it really is. And it's such um, an attractive thing. Like when I talk to, to operators around the world and, you know, show them the map, have you heard of Rathlin Island? Even English operators, nobody. And the fact that, you know, 150 people live on the island uh-huh. uh, permanently. And yet the vast majority of people don't even know it exists. Um, and it's spectacular, not only any longer as a day tour um, where you can cycle or walk or go to the bird colony um, but you now you know with the manor house um, you can actually stay on the island and you know the whole interest in these retreat weekends and breaks like that you know getting away properly away um, is it, just magic you talk about the morns there again for walkers just in these islands are they are remarkably unknown and unheard of um, and yet they've got such not only is the wall an amazing feature you know but as a mountain range in general that one of their big features is how compact they are and like I would have 30 at least 30 walks available also some of them are lowlands so you don't actually Uh have to climb up any hills some of the hills are nice and easy and hay and mountain is very family and young family friendly where you can be at the top of a summit in an hour it's a bit of a climb up but the reward of that when you get to the top and all day um, you talk about the Embrace the Giants Bird. I was so proud to be part of that launch. And it was a sea change in how we were marketing this part of Ireland. Um, I kind of compare it, you know, let's look to the future. Let's really look to the future now as we come out of COVID. You know, look at the last 10 years, what we did. We went from 0 to 60 in seven or eight years, yeah. really, um, <clears throat> which was such an extraordinary process for all of us offering um, things to do in Northern Ireland and um, you know but you look at the Titanic Centre you know it can handle a million plus visitors a year the same with the Giants Causeway but we fast forward 20-30 years this place can't have 20 sites like that. We we couldn't sustain, couldn't sustain tourism it, yeah. going in that direction. Now, by all means, yes, two, maybe three or four, uh, you know, mm-hmm. into Derry, into Fermanagh. Um, attract to your major that. hubs, yes, that, that'd be it, fine. You know, but whereas with Embrace the Giants Bird, there was an original 23. I know there's a good 40 plus coming on board and they're all experiences like mine. You know, they're, 
the bread making with Tracy, um, the sheepdogs, you know, with James A, the boats and Fermanagh. Um, I know there's lovely lace, Irish lace making stories in your neck of the woods. That's correct, yeah. We can, you know, in 20, 30 years' time, we can have 200, 300 small experiences like that. that yeah. are magnificent. And it's, it really is amazing. And we were just after doing a, a webinar with our friends there from Tourism Northern Ireland. And yes, we wanted to showcase Northern Ireland and we will do, but we're what we're doing it is kind of region by region, you know. Yeah. So we started off in our own region and, you know, the, the reaction we got back from, from people that watched the webinar has been fantastic because they didn't really know or understand what was available in each region. But this uh, campaign now by Tourism Northern Ireland to embrace the giant spirit and creating with yourselves all these experiences and putting them out there to a global audience is really, really putting Northern Ireland back on the map for the positive things, not the negative things. And, you know, it's great to see people from all communities, all sides, getting together, working on projects, you know, complementing each other, partnering with each other. And it really is that giant spirit that's been created. Yeah, it's it's spectacular. And going, you know, we're so many people, there is so many things to see on the island, but that approach that you'll come once and you'll fly around the island and you'll do all the big hitters. And, you know, our job, I think, is to educate people and just trust us that there's a different way to visit this beautiful place. It's come a long way. I remember... um, 20 odd years ago I was with a group and they had a 12 day tour of Northern Ireland and Northern Ireland only and I said what are we going to do in 12 days in Northern Ireland (laughs) you know yeah we spent probably about three or four days in Belfast and then we went over to the west of the province and yes there was at that stage there was some beautiful places to see and you know what tip the box really for it was driving around the countryside. Yeah. And I remember sitting driving around and guiding and thinking to myself, you know, if, if people could just only see what these people are, are and I'm listening to them, I thought, look at the countryside, look at, I wonder could we go and visit that farm? I wonder could we walk up that hill? You know, and this is going, now that is here. You it's know? here. And it's on our doorstep. Yeah, everything is on our doorstep and it's fantastic. So if people want to get in contact with you, you have your own website. I do. Um, so awarewewalk.com um, is where I have all my products from the Cliff Path Walks, but other walks, um, walking weekends, um, self-guided stuff and also guided stuff. And I'll be doing an awful lot more of them even through the winter this coming year, uh-huh. mainly for the GB market. Um, I tried to do that last winter before um, lockdown happened. It didn't get to happen. Um, so that that's kind of my shop online. But I'm also, it was one of the things I did last March when this, bus crashed as I call it uh-huh. and the speed of it um, the shock of it the trauma of it I put my heart and soul into a way we walk and um, you know at the starter gates I was like whatever this virus is doing it is not, not taking gonna, my precious exactly, business exactly and I my my customers especially my younger customers had been sending me for years you know Instagram was a no brainer as a social media platform for my type of business it was so visual um, but I, I was a big Facebook user I'd never really 
really. I'd set up an account. I'd accidentally picked up 400 followers, but I'd never really got over the learning curve for Instagram. And on the 30th of March last year, I says, I'm, I'm going I'm to embrace this. this. show up here every day. <laughs> and I've grown over a thousand followers. Now, bear that in mind. That's a year where I haven't toured. I barely been no, training. Brilliant. Brilliant. And yet I've, I've gathered a thousand people. So for landscapes on a regular basis, um, if any of your listeners are on Instagram, they'll find me at a webby walk. And I'm on there. I'm on stories daily being at least five days a week um so between that and the website um yeah that's great and you know something it's it's like so many people I've, i've talked to and i've come on to these podcasts over we only do them probably about once a month but you know it, it's new for us too and it was a new development like yourself as you said we have to keep in contact with the people get ourselves out there so it's something new we've done ourselves but uh every story and every every person i've talked to you know it's it's amazing how they've got themselves out there and so the positivity that you know we're still going to be here when all of this when this bus gets back up and running <laughs> we're yes. all going to be here so we are and that we can't can't wait to welcome the people back so as you say your own website away we walk and get details there follow emer now on instagram folks you've heard it here yourself from from the horse itself as we say from the horse's mouth uh, and and, you know, Emma, thanks very much for coming on with us. It's been amazing to hear your story. And I say, that's what back to is we can't wait to, to get our clients back over and for them to experience what you offer and out in the fresh air. And, you know, we're thankful that you're you're uh, an industry partner here with us in Northern Ireland. So thanks very much for coming on. Thank you, Colin. Thanks a million. So a big thank you to Emer from Away A We Walk. And, you know, it's going to be great to take all our clients up there to visit um, Emer on the Antrim coast, especially after you're hearing her story. And I was jumping straight over to a good friend of ours up in Mid-Ulster, and that is Mary McGee. And Mary is the tourism business engagement officer, and she is doing Trojan work up there in the Mid-Ulster Council region. Nice to have you on, Mary. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much, Colm, for inviting me on. It's great to see you. That, it's it's good to have a chat, as I said, you know, uh, that's the whole idea of our podcast is getting to people getting to know who we're working with and the regions. And I suppose for some people that have come over to Northern Ireland, you know, mid also maybe to a certain extent as, as, as an area, maybe you could be driving through heading to the north coast or up to the northwest, etc. But your role as the tourism business engagement officer really has brought the area to life and you're really embracing these new giant experiences that we spoke to Emer about there. And uh, maybe you could tell the people what your role is within the council up there. So you're, you work with the council, you're engaging with tourism and you can tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Colm. Yes, I'm the tourism business engagement officer with Mid-Ulster Council um, so we, um, as a council, it was a new role created um, when Mid-Ulster Council was established. And um, I work very closely with all of the businesses right across Mid-Ulster. So from accommodation, um, attractions, activities um, and so on. Um, it's a great job. It's a great role. Um, I get out and about a lot, um, obviously just not at the minute, but I do get out and about a lot to meet a lot of people. Um, and I suppose, yes, Colm, Initially, I suppose Mid-Ulster wasn't recognised as a region um, that probably sprung to mind um, 
But we have really taken on board the challenge that Tourism NI have set us in developing um, these giant experiences. And we've been very, very fortunate um, in that, I suppose, really through the structure of initially we set up a tourism development group. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also then established a number of cluster groups. Um, and a number of these being, for example, we have a Seamus Heaney cluster group. We had um, an outdoor cluster group events and we have a very strong heritage cluster group at the minute. Um, and we invited businesses into those cluster groups and um We've worked very, very closely with businesses then, and we've used the template of the Embrace the Giant Spirit work the Tourism NI have done to really bring some really strong experiences to the fore um, right across Mid-Ulster. So it has paid dividends for us. It's been really good. Um, and we're just waiting for, I suppose, COVID to pass. And we'll, we'll be delighted to welcome our international visitors back to Mid-Ulster again. Yeah, like us all, we're, we're all waiting for that day that we can get out there and cause havoc again, going around the country and taking people to your doorstep, etc. You enjoy your work, Mary. I know you do. I do. I love it. I have to say, somebody said, what's this? Find a job you love and you'll never do a day's work in your life. And I, <laughs> that's, that's where I, I'm at at the minute. Um, we've worked obviously very closely with yourselves, Colm, in Brack Tours. I know Nula and Peter and yourself so well. Um, and I remember way back even bringing first tour, Seamus Heaney Home Place opened back in 2016 and bringing Peter and Brack Tours to Seamus Heaney Home Place nearly as one of the sort of first major groups that we, we brought uh-huh. in. And I can remember Peter coming down the stairs saying, Mary, we don't have enough time here. We needed two hours rather than an hour and a half. <laughs> no, it's, it is. It's brilliant, though. But, uh, you know, as you said, yes, we have been up with you and working with you over a good few years now. And it's interesting from when you started out your cluster groups and how really the tourism product in the Mid-Ulster area has really developed. And, you know, it's a famous to, I suppose, to historians and those really interested in Irish history. It's a, it's a really famous part of Ulster and particularly, I suppose, the most famous in the name of all the clans in Ulster, the O'Neills. And so, and basically, you know, a lot of your heritage and, and I suppose your living history is based around even the O'Neills and what exists from that. Absolutely. And they're working towards the Embrace the Giant Spirit brand as well. We have the Hill of the O'Neill in Dungannon, just right in the centre um, of the, the town itself. And that would have been the seat of Hugh O'Neill. Um, and that would have been, if you like, where he would have ruled and had his stronghold um, in Dungannon itself. And when you're up on Hill of the O'Neill and you see the views right across Ulster, you can see why Hugh O'Neill chose that site um, and we also have Tullahog Fort just outside Cookstown. And that would have been the crowning site or the crowning site of the O'Neills as well. Yeah. Um, so from those two sites, they ruled probably at different periods in history, would have ruled Ulster and large, large parts of Ireland as well. And obviously from that, um, they would have left and um, went to Rathmullen and were part of the flight of the Earls. So we have an amazing history around um, sites like that, definitely within Mid-Ulster. And it's great that we're, we're working along with you up there. I know you're going to be part of where we have a O'Neill tour coming next year. I think it's October 22. And we can't wait to get the people up there 
And I know where you're going to be invited over and uh, you'll be engaging with the people up there. So it's great for us and people will be able to find out details of that too on our website um, pretty shortly. And again, too, it's all about creating these new joint experiences. And, you know, Mid-Ulster is no better place than to hear the stories of the O'Neills and that. So basically... Yes, I've said, and you've said, you know, maybe to a certain extent, that Mid Ulster was a lesser known area. So, how have you seen seen the area change over the past number of years? Um, I think that people um, in Mid Ulster, certainly through that structure I described earlier on, the businesses and people have really embraced that structure, um, and they've worked, I suppose, with the council staff and with the tourism team here. They've worked tirelessly with us and they've really, really supported us. And I think that they now see the opportunity that tourism can bring um, to the region. So, for example, um, I think one of the big catalysts would have been um, the uh, development of Seamus Heaney Home Place, for example, up in the South Derry area, you know, I suppose really north of our district. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the establishment of the cluster, then we had people like... um, you know, Ballyscullion Park, uh, people like Jamesy McCloy um, with his sheepdogs at, at work, which is one of the tourism giant, experience. giant uh, spirit experiences. Um, so experiences like that then, when people like that really came in behind and really supported us. Um, and we now have 14 really strong businesses in that cluster who are really working hard, selling proactively at Meet the Buyer, at the ITO workshops and so on. Um, another lady, Brona Duffin, for example, has Big House NI. Um, we have wonderful new experiences coming through, for example, in our heritage cluster, including businesses like Loch Nay Stories. Um, Gary and Amory. Gary is a Loch Nay eel fisherman, yes. and he has an amazing story about you know living and working on Loch Nay and and the story of the Loch Nay eel fisherman and how they survive and so on as well. So I think. We have worked hard. We have, um, I suppose, animated the people. We have talked about tourism a lot and they have come in behind us and they've really supported us. So I think a strong team and and strong optimism coming from the businesses as well has been important. Yeah, it, it's, it, I suppose, with the cluster groups that you set up, it was an important tie up, I suppose, with those um, wanting to get their tourism experience out there, be it hospitality, be it attraction, whatever it may be. But um, I suppose, uh, you know, in the background over the past few days, Tourism Northern Ireland, I suppose, the new super councils, as we call them, when they were formed in Evan, you know, they really set a plan out uh, and to bring Northern Ireland forward and particularly the tourism development right around the province now. You know, I've always in the past referred to Northern Ireland as a hidden gem, you know, that it was there to be explored. And I've spoke about that for years and years going around Ireland. Uh, but I, I feel now at the moment that it really is that gem, you know, because even from our own perspective, people coming back here that mightn't have travelled north before are now getting to know about the experiences, the different regions. And it's kind of on their 
first on their list now coming back to uh, when they visit the island here that they want to go to Northern Ireland and we've seen it ourselves with some of the I suppose packages and tours that we have there now that people want to come and they'll tie up the region and they'll stay they'll stay longer which is good for the economy here in Northern Ireland too so it means that they're just not brushing through a day through which it used to be in the past or two days in Northern Ireland and brushing into I suppose the Republic again now they want to come meet the people which is important and a lot of those experiences that you have spoke about there the likes of with Brona with Jamesy uh, and also up at the Seamus Heaney Centre and particularly the Seamus Heaney Centre for those that are really interested in poetry and the man himself it's an excellent ex- excellent exhibition and as you said we've been there many times but it's getting to know those stories you know and tourism is a story and that's what it is. Everywhere you go, you're going to meet those people and hear their life, how they have brought these experiences to life. And what we're into at the moment is what we would suppose more sustainable tourism. So slowing the whole aspect of things down, giving people more time to visit these experiences, to go to the different areas, get to know it, get to know the people. And I think moving forward, probably post-COVID now, it's going to be even more important to embrace that. Absolutely, Colm. And that's one thing that I, I say as well. You know, when you go on holidays, isn't it very, you know, very often, for example, I was just saying to somebody recently, if you're in Spain and you're tra- traveling through Spain, you think often, gosh, I wonder what my daughter calls it real Spain is like, you know, to get into somebody's home and, you know, you know, how do they live and, and what is their everyday life like? And I yeah. think the, um, the Embrace the Giant Spirit experiences really give our visitors an opportunity to do that. So, for example, if you think about Brona in Bake House, you get into her family home, you bake with her, you know, you learn about how, how they live and, and everyday life and so on. Um, and it really is all about meeting local people and finding out about local people and finding out about real lives. And I think that's um, that gives people brilliant memories Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's something that people, um, rather than just taking photographs that people can talk about, it's making a bond with somebody or creating a friendship with somebody that people hopefully will take back with them and, and will talk about. Um, and somebody at, I think, Meet the Buyer actually said to me recently as well that the work that Tourism and I have done in promoting Northern Ireland has really pushed Northern Ireland right to the top of people's agendas now when they're planning itineraries and and devising itineraries. And I think the council, certainly Mid-Ulster Council, we have been very strong in working with Tourism NI and coming in behind them to support them. And our businesses on the ground have done the same. We have created, for example, now we have four um, Embrace the Giant Spirit experiences. As I mentioned, we have Seamus Haney Home Place, Sheepdogs at Work, Stars and Stones, which is our new Om, Dava Dark Sky Park and Observatory, which is due to open soon, and uh, Brona Duffin. And then we have others that I've already mentioned coming on stream. So, you know, those those have been really, really important um, for us. But what we've also found as well, Colm, is around those experiences, then bars and restaurants and, you know, smaller businesses are now starting to pop up and they're, they're saying, gosh, look, you know, there's something in this, you know, look what, you know, what's happening up at the Glenshane Pass with, for example, um, Glenshane Country Farm and so on. Let's maybe get a bit of that. So we can see B&Bs and, and so on glamping 
is a huge thing now right across uh, Northern Ireland. And we have some amazing glamping sites uh, just coming up. So I think that that focus with tourism NI and then our council coming in, uh, people on the ground are now starting to go bing tourism you know there's something there definitely yeah no it is and you know it's i suppose that light bulb has has lit yeah if you get me in, in, in a pun because you know people are getting these ideas well you know what well, this is what people want to come here to want to experience i know a friend of ours is dermot up in freel's bar up in swatra there like you know his famine pot and the story around it as well. But it's a local, small local villages, towns are really getting to to see the importance of telling their local community stories, like on a smaller level, but how bringing people into the area. I, I spoke to, to um, Emer and I said, I remember like I come from, a, as you know, a, a small rural area as well. And there was a small hotel in the town here. And I remember taking a first group of American tourists into the hotel and two, two old boys sitting at the bar and they were sitting there and they were looking around and they seen these people coming in with suitcases and with the American accent. And one looked at the other and then they turned around to the first person walking in and said, excuse me, sir, but are you lost <laughs> you know, for, for coming into the area? But that is what is happening now. So you're getting really down to the roots of community life. Um, But at the same time, too, it it takes work to get there. And like with organisations like the Mid-Ulster Council and all the councils around uh, the province now, how they really have come to the fore working with the government bodies like Tourism Northern Ireland to really put that Northern Ireland story out there. You know, Ireland is a, a nation of storytellers. And what you can add to that is, you know, when you take people to see an experience, that's what you're telling. You're telling that story. And we're known for that right around the world we are. And it's been on our doorstep. Absolutely. For centuries, you know, and we just need to develop that. And that's what's happening. Absolutely. And I was just going to say, Colin, what I find as well is that the quality is there now. Um, And I can certainly see that across Mid-Ulster, for example, with our Stars and Stones experience at Dava, um, in Dava Forest, just outside Cookstown, um, our um, Dava Dark Sky Park, um, we have a number of different accommodation providers. So, for example, Spurn View Glamping uh-huh. um, have just set up and it is an amazing, really, really high quality. Um, I was just talking to somebody recently, I just booked it out over the weekend and for a big group, you know, to go up there and do a night or two up there. And it's glamping under the stars and they have the view, you know, right through the the roof up to the stars. So there's some really, really innovative people coming on board. Um, I would see across Mid-Ulster, people with really good ideas. And they're not afraid to try it now because they know that the numbers are there. COVID will pass and tourism in Northern Ireland was a one billion pound industry. Yeah. More COVID struck. So the figures are there and they are stacking up for people. And that is is really positive. But the tourism offering, as you just touched on there, is changing. And again, post-COVID, it will change again. You know, sustainability, green tourism is coming to the fore. What you've just mentioned there. Imagine years ago, Mary, when me or you were growing up and somebody said to us, you're going to go up to somewhere and you're going to lie up, look through the wind and look at the stars. Mm-hmm. OK, and you, that would be a tourism product like we did it at home many a time, maybe looking out the window, <laughs> you know. But as you say, being innovative, 
and, and that's something you know and to come and to get that new experience and it's definitely one that we're really looking forward to get up and 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 trailing out and seeing and uh, because there, there's so many people right around the province being very innovative and uh, you said something there to the product offering, you know, the quality of what we have now is very, very much to the fore. And it's going to be very hard to, to, to rival that, honestly, because people are just sitting there. They're ready to go. They're ready to move with all these brand new experiences. I suppose if anything good has come out of COVID, it's given these people the opportunity to sit back, remodel what they're doing, maybe get these new ideas out there. And it's going to be a completely new Northern Ireland for people coming back to it. Absolutely. And people have had time. They've had a year to think and to plan, to maybe look at their product offering, tweak it and change it um, and so on. So it has probably been, whilst it's been a disaster for the industry, it's been good for the individual, I think, because yeah. people have had, they've had the government supports, which have been good, um, but it has given them headspace and time, you know, to really plan and to really think about their business. And I mean, we have even examples across Mid-Ulster where businesses have accessed um, innovation vouchers through InvestNI. They have done, we have somebody at the minute doing a major research project with Maynooth. Um, it's a, um, on a, you know a, a, one of their experiences. And that is going to inform their, uh, their information, their story, their storytelling um, and their tour guides. So there's been just brilliant examples of where people have used the downtime in COVID really to their advantage. It, it is. And, and the other aspect of it too, uh, Mary, is... You know, you said there about the supports that have been put in place, which have been very, very important as well. And that's very encouraging for somebody that wants to get out there. And, you know, they're getting those supports. They're getting the advice from, from the professionals, from the right people. And it really is excelling that offering that we have out there. So we're coming near enough to the end, Mary. So future for Mid-Ulster? Well, we're very excited in Mid-Ulster, Column because we've already spoken about our fantastic businesses and experiences we have developed, but we're also just getting ready to launch our new tourism brand for Mid-Ulster. Fantastic. We're working on that at the minute. It's a very closely guarded secret. I haven't even seen it yet, but um, we're hoping that that will be ready to launch in the summer. So um, we have also are working with Tourism NI in developing our new tourism website for Mid-Ulster. So with our website, our new brand, we're also doing a lot of filming and photography out on the ground at the minute as well with our businesses. Um, so we will have new collateral as well. Um, and it's really, I suppose, a thank you, I would say, to our businesses as well, because they have supported us in Mid-Ulster mm -hmm. Council over the last six years. So we're now going to give back to them, as I said, with our website, our new brand and lots of new collateral as well. So that's that's where we are going forward. We're looking forward to the industry opening up again. We're hoping to get back to that one billion um, in terms of uh, tourism turnover in um, Northern yeah, Ireland. That's what we all and want. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll hopefully be placed to take advantage of that. 
So on your new website, so people will be get, able to get more details of, of the experiences in the Mid-Ulster area on your new website. But of course, they can at the moment, they can still get those details uh, on the Tourism Northern Ireland uh, website and go into their Embrace the Giant experience and their experiences. So all the experiences that are out there at the moment in Mid-Ulster are already up on the website. So people can log on to it and have a look at it. And it's been great as, as, as always, Mary, having a chat. It's, you know, you're one of the, I suppose, industry professionals out there that always has a very positive spin on how things are going on. And, you know, we like working with you above there as we do with all the, the different councils around the area. It's important that, I suppose, from our aspect, uh, that we stay in touch with what's going on right around the region. You know, we're putting ourselves out there now as a, a destination, I suppose, specialist for Northern Ireland too, which is a new turn for ourselves, although we know it pretty, pretty well. But we really want to embrace Northern Ireland and inclusive, the more inclusivity for us on it, on our packages and that going forward. And we're glad that you're there for the advice and the help as always and uh, we can't wait to get back up now and get in and see some of these experiences ourselves particularly the new ones coming online and lay under the stars Mary uh, and maybe have a little drink too and catch up at old times I think what's it but it'll be, it'll be a great opportunity for us to get out and about absolutely and absolutely delighted to welcome Brack Tours and all of your wonderful visitors. I mean, I've met many of your Brack Tours groups um, over the past number of years. Um, so we're always delighted to, to work with yourselves and with Peter and to welcome your guests back into Mid-Ulster. Look at Mary, thanks very much. The best of luck. Um, please God, we'll see each other soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. So that's it for the day. Thanks for listening. Thanks to all those who contributed for the stories. And if you'd like to find out more about travelling to Ireland or Scotland, visit our website at www.bracktours.com. Until next time, take care. <laughs>